Come on, guys, let me out. Let me out of here. Come on. What? What do you mean? What do you mean you're not letting me out till I've done three episodes? Okay, okay, all right, point taken. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet that I am recording for completely voluntarily, and I'm under no duress whatsoever, I promise. Today, we are diving into r slash anti-work. Yes, we know there's been some drama, but we don't care. We're not here for that. We're just here for the stories. Stories about horrible and oppressive bosses and unfair work conditions. Unlike the magnificent dear leaders of the People's Republic of Reddit Readings. Plus, ladies and gentlemen, we are about ready to deploy the upgrades that we have promised to Reddit readings. They are coming soon. Oh, did someone say three episodes a week? Oh, boy. In the meantime, get your ass on the Discord if you're not there already. I'll see you over there. Uh, Get your tea and your popcorn ready. Let's dive in and get going. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Posted by you slash purple pinball. Gave a ride home to my boss. Huge mistake. I'm 26 and male, and I work at the local big box store. Sucks, I know, but I haven't had much luck entering the career I studied for. I worked a closing shift last week, and I noticed my boss having car issues and asked if he needed a ride. I drove him home, and it was really awkward. He just talked about work, and I get the sense it's his entire world. As I dropped him off, he says, "Uh, Pick me up here tomorrow at 7am. I was like, yeah, sure, because I thought he was joking. He proceeded to tell me that his car will need to be taken to a mechanic and he needs a ride tomorrow at 7am. I reluctantly agreed. I've been driving him into work for over a week, and he has gone so far as to change my shift schedule so that I start at the same time as him every day and get off at closing. He has me off for four hours in the middle of the shift so I don't rack up any overtime hours. Yesterday, while driving him home, which is 15 minutes out of my way, I asked if he could pay for some gas. He went nuts said that I should be glad to even have a job and that I should be grateful for being able to make a connection with someone who is in a powerful position inside the company. I need the job, but I don't know what the heck to do. He hasn't even told me when his car is expected to be fixed. Life sucks. My dude, that sucks, seriously. Here's an idea, though. What would happen if you broke down and had to take the bus? Hmm. Although you really shouldn't be in a position where you have to pretend your car's broken just to get to work. Come on now. From the old angry anus. I made my boss over $1.5 million in commission over two years, while I made $45,000 a year. 
For Christmas, he got me a $25 gift card to a movie theatre chain that I would have to drive to another state to even use. When I put in my two-week notice, he called legal on me while I sat in his office. I worked my ass off for this man, essentially running his entire book of businesses for him. For Christmas, he got me a 25-buck AMC gift card. The closest AMC theatre is an hour and a half away in another state. That pissed me off and made me start looking for other jobs. I genuinely cared about my job and the account, so I waited to accept a job offer until I had trained someone else to do my job. When the time came, I met him in his office and told him that I'd accepted another job and that I was putting in my notice, but to not worry because I have already trained someone. When I told him that I'd accepted a position with another company in our field, but would not be doing the same thing so it wouldn't violate my non-compete, he called our chief legal office on speakerphone while I sat there. The CLO tells me that I cannot even mop floors at a company in our field for at least a year. The CLO adds HR to the call, and HR tells me that since I won't be pursuing my new job, they are going to let me work two more weeks to make sure the handoff goes smoothly, and then I will be fired for looking for other jobs. They asked me for more details as to what I would be doing at my new job, and I told them I wasn't going to discuss it. After I left, the CLO of this company, a company who brings in $6 billion a year in revenue, called me randomly for the next few weeks trying to intimidate me. They even started contacting my new employer. Luckily, I don't work for a shitty company now and the CEO got involved and told them they would be ready to fight this in court. They stopped contacting me after that, which means they never even planned on taking me to court. They just wanted to scare me into quitting my new job. Fuck companies like this. We don't have to put up with this shit anymore. Our next story is from Travelling Logan. Asked for a raise, got fired. Today, I asked to meet with the VP of Ops at my job to discuss a possible raise. After being blown off twice, we finally sat down. I told him what I wanted, and his response was, or what? I was taken off guard by the response, so I said, we'll see, I guess. I then asked him why he doesn't think I should get it. He proceeded to explain how he'd love to give everyone $100 an hour, but it has to be even and fair across the board. I reminded him that I'm not asking for $100 an hour. At my job, which is a team of four people including a manager, I'm the only one with knowledge of how to fully operate the production line. I've trained others in the past, but nobody stayed long enough to do it on their own. I told the VP, it doesn't make sense for me to be making the same as the new hire who doesn't know anything yet. He said, that's unrealistic. So now I had to remind him that for the last six months, not a single finished product would have left the facility if it hadn't gone through me. At this point, he began to belittle me and tell me I'm not special and I'm no superstar and that anybody could do my job. I said, okay, where are they then? 
I'm the last one left. All these other people have not lasted. He said that's the wrong perspective to have. I asked, what would you do if I wasn't here? He said they'd figure it out. So I said, I think this conversation is over. You've made yourself clear. I then went out into the shop to continue prep for the day's run. The manager brought me back in where HR was now present. The VP stated as soon as I walked into the office that effective immediately my employment has been suspended. I said go fuck yourself and went to grab my keys. They all followed me out proceeding to tell me I'm handling this wrong. I approached the VP and said I asked you for a raise to be compensated fairly and your response was to fire me. Go fuck yourself you fucking idiot. Update So it's been a couple of weeks and I figured I'd give you an update to the story for those who were interested. As expected, I got no phone call from the company begging me to come back, although that would have been a sweet conclusion to the whole thing. I've been working on just trying to put them and the experience behind me, and all that would have done was brought them back to the front and center my focus and energy. So I'm happy they seem to be trying to do the same. However, they are trying to first-class mail me a letter that I'll likely never be around to receive. That could be something, but I'm not sure, and I'm not really sure I even care. I've been searching for work, and unfortunately the area I live in isn't rich in available jobs. I'm sure many of you are experiencing this where you're from. While on the topic of jobs, I'd like to thank those in the comments that have offered jobs to me. That's a truly nice gesture, and I appreciate it. It isn't really feasible for me to move across the country for some of those offers but I'm thankful for the offers. I'm confident the right job will become available. In the meantime, I'll be falling back on my work as a filmmaker. Prior to this job, I was producing commercials and social media content for local businesses and brands. It's a passion of mine and at times has been fruitful to me, allowing me to survive. Now, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I am pretty sure the quality of a story directly correlates to the number of fuckings that are in it. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky. Posted by 8-Bit Morals. My manager told me during my performance evaluation that I really don't do anything, so I resigned. I'm a project manager on medium to large civil projects in Hawaii. About a month ago, I asked for a raise greater than the inflation rate, more than 6%. They offered me a maximum of 2% and scheduled a performance evaluation for October 28th. 
During that entire evaluation, I felt that it was 100% to justify not giving me a raise that's in line with the record profits the jobs I manage are getting. My supervisor asked me what do I do for the entire eight hours of the day. He wanted me to account for all my time. What do you do all 40 hours during the week? He said. Because jobs pretty much just run themselves. Yeah, the six jobs just run themselves. Before the meeting was over, he said that if I didn't justify my time, he was going to fire me on November 24th. So I left the meeting, went to my office, and turned on Let Recruiters Contact Me on Indeed and LinkedIn. Within a week, I had four interviews and one offer. In two weeks, I had two offers and had them making bids. I had plans to quit without notice. But I live on an island and is a revolving door in my field. So I submitted plenty of notice on November 5th and made my last day November 24th. I have been copying my boss on all emails and correspondence since November 5th to ease the transition. Today he came into my office and asked me what I would need to stay additional time. I said that they have to make it worth my time. He offered me a full month of salary for two extra weeks wants me to stay until December 10th. All I said is I'm pretty sure you guys will manage without me. The jobs pretty much run themselves, as you said, and I already accepted a position starting the 29th. I've been thinking about it, and the amount that they offered me for two weeks is more than what I asked for an entire year of work. All they had to do was give me the original 6% I asked for. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in a previous episode, but if you enjoy stories like this, you should go and check out a YouTube channel by Joshua Fluke. No no sponsorship or anything, just, just a personal recommendation of mine. Go check out some of his videos and tell him Reddit Reading sent you. Posted by Alternative Hunter 34 My company's late and sick policies are biting them, and now they're crying about it. We'll do the late policy first. We have to clock in at a machine, and in the past, the rule was if you were late, you'd lose money in 15-minute blocks until you clocked in. Management started crying because suddenly no one who was late was late by less than 10 minutes. Generally, stopping to grab a drink or have a cigarette on the way in because, well, they've already lost the pay, right? And they decided to take action. Now, you lose an hour's pay the moment you're late. I don't know anyone who's been late by less than 55 minutes since that came out. Whole focus groups happened, and people pointed out that heavy-handed policies invite exploitation. We asked how they expected people to, who for whatever reason were running late that day, work for no pay, and they just shrugged. In the end, anyone who knows they're going to be late for work now knows to just slow down and relax. Grab a coffee, stop at the shop, no rush. Well done, management. Now, on to absence. Absence was a fairly big issue a few years ago, and they didn't like it. Action time. On top of a two-day no-sick pay rule, they now have a no-excuses disciplinary policy. Two days off, and you get a disciplinary. Standard chain of disciplinaries that leads you to getting sacked. The problem is, now, if I get sick and I'm off for two days, I might as well make the most of it. I'm in no more trouble for being off longer. There's no maximum time, 
whether it's three days or 18 months. I come back and I get a stage one disciplinary. So I've done my two days unpaid. I'm now getting my sick pay. It's been a while since the last holiday, and there's a long slog to the next one. How much time can I afford to have off? Again, focus group. Heavy-handed policies invite exploitation. Shrugs. If you're going to beat us for minor infractions, which sometimes can't be helped, we're going to make our infraction worth the punishment. Overall, the company noticed a trend of 10 to 15 minute lateness and two to four day absences, which they didn't like. After having brought in new policies to combat this, the company now has a trend of 45 to 55 minute lateness and one to two week absences. Further policy changes are being discussed. I can't wait for the results of that. From Cal's K. They fired me because I got COVID, then needed me to fix a machine only I could fix in this country. So this was two years ago, and I'm not American. I worked at a factory as a mechanic and operator of a very high-end machine. One time, this machine broke and no one, including me, could fix it, and they had to bring an engineer from abroad to fix it. The engineer only spoke English, and I was the only English speaker in the company. So I was, of course, the person to help him and at the same time learn everything I could about how this machine worked. This guy was so nice and basically was teaching me everything he could while disassembling and assembling the thing. And I learned a lot about it. On his last days, we had to work 35 hours straight because his flight was due and there was just so much to do. If he didn't finish, he would get in trouble and I probably wouldn't have a job either. Before he left, he told me that there was a part that needed to be replaced when it broke, taught me how to change it, and promised to mail it to me when he was back at his country. And he did. To my house, not the company. My manager and the owner were so happy about it, they were very grateful, although not very much money-wise. And I felt so secure because now I was the only person in the country who knew how to fix this machine that was vital to the company. So fast forward a year, the pandemic broke out and I wanted to stay home. The owner and manager pressured me into going anyway. They found a loophole and bribed some officials into giving us all essential worker status so we could go legally. I thought long about this and thinking that I would be unemployed if I didn't go, or maybe dead if I went, at the end I got influenced by the wife and went to work. I went to work on Monday and on Friday I had a fever, got tested and was positive. Having COVID has easily been one of the worst experiences I've had and I wasn't very far from dying. Weeks later, after I was finally well enough to work, I returned and was fired on the spot. They didn't even let me go inside to get my stuff. They had already hired someone to operate my machine. Things were really tough being unemployed and now also weak. And somehow we got by. About six months later, I got a text from them saying that the machine had a failure and they needed me to come in and fix it. They offered a rather high sum, over a month of my former salary. A co-worker phoned me and told me that they were desperate and to ask four times that amount, they would pay it easily. 
I didn't know what to do. I had the piece they needed and the knowledge to replace it. They tried to get the engineer again, but flights were cancelled. They tried following instructions, but they couldn't communicate. And they were missing a piece they didn't even know they needed. I had them by the balls. I spoke to my friends and family about it, and they pressured me to bleed them and enjoy the free money. But after thinking about it, I decided not to help them. The money would have been nice, but something told me they didn't care about money. They did what they wanted and threw money at problems to solve them. But I knew I could be the one to get them out of their damned privilege bubble, and I did. They are now selling all the equipment, machines, and stock. Without the machine, they couldn't be competitive and went broke. Today, I have mixed feelings about it because old co-workers are now unemployed. Now, I'll try and answer some of the common questions since I tried to do it comment by comment, but jeez, there's just a lot of them. 1. What machine is it? I didn't want to say it for privacy, but since there's so many curious people, it's a 20,000 watt YAG laser cutter. The piece is a part of the laser generator circuit board, and you have to unmount it completely to change it. And also, it must be soldered. It's so easy to damage, and it's so expensive that no one with two neurons would touch it if they don't know exactly what they're doing. And the rest of you don't want them near it. Also, the knowledge needed to figure that it's that one piece over the rest is just too specific. 2. Why didn't I sue them? I got paid three months' salary for being fired. I knew I could challenge my dismissal, but these procedures normally take months, even years, and with COVID, this was practically frozen. I needed the money. Being poor sucks. 3. I didn't know the company would be hit so hard, I just wanted to make a bit of justice. I never intended for anyone to be unemployed, and had I known what happened, I would have fixed the damn thing. 4. The piece was mailed to me by the engineer. We became friends during his stay because his card failed at the ATMs, and I gave him local cash for crypto. He was grateful and sent it to me as a gift, so I could be a hero to the company in the future. The piece cost like 25 USD, but it was very specific to the model. 5. Many say the story is fake, and that's fine. I always encourage others not to believe everything they read. I don't expect special treatment with this. I commend you for it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for tuning into Reddit Readings, and make sure you're on the Discord to follow along with the updates. There is a lot of exciting stuff happening. If you want some audiobooks, check out my audiobook site, audiobookkraken.com. Until next week, guys, I'll see you soon. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. 
we navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.